that whole pit of misery, <laughs> you know, eight to five, but really later, you know, uh, president breathing down my neck, living for the weekends, right? I, ultimately, that experience serves me well in this job because even on the longest days as a, as a broker, I'm loving my job by comparison. So I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Craig Power of Power Realty Advisors. Craig is a real estate professional. Hey, Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for having me. Um, and I just wanted to say at the beginning, you know, first of all, appreciate you having me on the podcast and wanted to say you're doing such great things uh, with all of your you know, audio and video content. And even I, as a real estate professional, you know, I, I might account for a lot of your company's YouTube views because I use you as a point of reference on anything legal. So I just think it's really cool what you've done. Thanks for having me. You know, I really appreciate that, Craig. You know, we try to utilize that as something, as a tool for people, you know, so that they can learn, right? Because information is king. It's everything. If you've got the knowledge and you're a well-informed consumer, well, here we go. So that's what we want to do today is let the consumers understand you a little bit better. So Craig, who are you? Um, Yeah, it's a good question, Mark. Who am I? I, So I uh, got into real estate um, a little over six years ago after some career struggles, right? I was in, you know, recruiting and human resources and just hated it. And it was sort of a soul crushing career path for me. And I had a tough moment where, you know, I... um, I knew I was working hard, but I, I wasn't doing anything I loved. And, and eventually I just took a pay cut to get into an industry um, that actually interested me, which is real estate. And uh, that, that brings me here to you. I love it. So why did you pick of all industries? Why did you pick real estate? It's a good question. Um, you know, there's a part of it that who isn't interested in real estate, I think, right? When you, you talk about like, you know, luxury real estate, right? We have a lot of great coastal homes around here, historic homes, all that stuff. That, that was part of it. I think, um, you know, basically the first job in real estate I took was in property management. And I've been really lucky with my trajectory in the industry where um, took a property management job and was able to learn real estate on salary, right? From the inside. Um, eventually, you know, got exposed to more of like, you know, rentals, right? Got my license, started doing rentals. I'm doing both property management and rentals. I'm kind of learning the investment side of real estate, um, which was really cool. And then really just here in the last um, two years, you know, shifted my focus more, more to sales. And it's basically just been like a slow, but exciting trajectory. Um, And I think a big part of it is, um, you know, I I think the early career post-college floundering I did, especially you know, the, the last job I had before real estate, you know, as an HR manager, electrical distri- distribution company, whatever, that whole pit of misery, <laughs> you know, eight to five, but really later, you know, uh, president breathing down my neck, living for the weekends, right? I, ultimately, that experience serves me well in this job because even on the longest days as a, as a broker, I'm loving my job by comparison. So I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. Wow, that's that's very impactful. It's um, 
it's really cool because now you're your own boss, right? So nobody's going to be breathing down your neck except for all of your clients, right? <laughs> exactly, which I welcome. Yeah, so tell us about that. Who is your ideal client? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I would say um, either on the, the buyer or the seller side, right? I think my ideal client is probably someone who's maybe a little, you know, intimidated by the process, um, who needs someone to, you know, maybe they're concerned about going through the grinder of the sale process where I can step in and say, hey, I have you here, I have a solution or at a minimum real actionable advice for you, you know, where I have a track record of success of making people happy um, and I have enough experience where, you know, I can anticipate the problems, I can sort of envision, you know, not only their sort of points of stress, um, but, you know, problems that they, you know, they might not see coming up in the process. So I think that's probably my ideal client, someone who um, they're like, listen, this is my end goal, but I really have no idea how to get there. Um, and then, you know, not only do you see them through the process, but you do a lot of the little things along the way, you know, to really leave a, a strong impression. So maybe the first time home buyer, first time home seller would be an ideal client. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now admittedly, a lot of my you know first time home buyer clients are getting their tails kicked by the the market today, uh, which which you and I uh, both both know pretty well. Um, the, the market dynamics today are tough, um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, and and especially um, on the buyer side, you know, what I really do is sort of begins with like a buyer consultation to, um, you know explain to them, these are the market dynamics, right? This is what you're up against. Um, and then, you know, pretty early on, we start talking about, you know, a little concept that I'm sure you're familiar with also strength of offer, right? I have a yeah. lot of conversations about strength of offer, doing the little things, you know, uh, attention to detail um, in your offer to stand out to a seller and make them want to sell to you. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, a tough dynamic, especially the last few months. Yeah, so folks, if you're uh, listening to this, we're talking about Q1 2022 when the available inventory is as scarce as it has ever been. So tell us, Craig, how do you prepare that strength of offer? How do you prepare your buyer to win that offer? The way you win in today's market is you need to have a strategy, right? It begins with the strategy, understanding the market, understanding um, that, you know, in some ways you're going to need to be aggressive, right? Uh, it's the only way in this low inventory market, you know, I was looking at the homes for sale in Marshfield last night. Um, you know, as you said, we're recording this Q1 2022. Uh, I was looking at the homes for sale in, market, in Marshfield last night. There are four homes for sale, I think, the first of those is probably under agreement already. So really three. And then the, uh, the least expensive one from there is $1.5 million. So they go fast, right? And, you know, it might be aggressive saving, right? It might be aggressive uh, earnings in your profession. Um, you might have to aggressively shift your criteria out of this market that you've been looking in because it's just not feasible to find your first home there, right? So I think that's part of it. And then when you're going through uh, the process of making an offer, 
It's really attention to detail. It's doing all the little things right. So, you know, the love letter, of course, who knows how long we'll be able to do those with, with you know, uh, some people implying they might be, you know, issues with fair housing there. Um, but the love letter, you know, understanding the touch points for the seller, right? Have you talked to the listing agent? What are the most important things? What's the seller's timeline? You know, what are they afraid of? Because the sellers have concerns too. How can you identify and alleviate those concerns as the buyer? A lot of that comes down to communication between me and the seller's agent. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of those little things too, as far as, listen, you know, I don't wave I don't recommend waving home inspections, Mark, you know that, but um, you know, some of my clients have even come in bringing their own uh, contractors, you know, uh, on a busy open house saying, listen, I want to make a strong, uh, a strong offer here. You know, I trust your judgment, uh, your, your experienced construction professional, maybe they're related or something like that. Um, have them come through and essentially do an inspection before the offer is even made. That's how aggressive, people are in this market. And there are all these little strategies to win. Um, and it really depends on the situation and the buyer. And of course, you know, what the buyer is comfortable with too, because my job is also to protect their interests. But bringing it to the seller, right? Finding those pain points that the seller may have. Maybe the seller is afraid of uh, being homeless and they have a suitable housing contingency. Uh, what about financing? Are you, how are you preparing your folks to come with a strong offer with financing? Yeah, there's, uh, there are, first of all, you have to work with a good lender. Um, there's a lot of great uh, people that both you and I work with. I remember you had Mike Nielsen on the podcast recently. Awesome guy. I work a lot with Bill Asta at Radius Financial Group. So just, you know, two names for you right there that are local guys that, you know, absolutely, they are so on point when it comes to pushing your offer through. Um, I couldn't recommend them highly enough. And part of that is, um, for their job, you know, they've done so much of the legwork earlier in the process. Um, I know there are all these different, um, they're really good at setting expectations with you, the buyer. Um, and it's really easy for us to turn around to the seller's agent and, and really make the case for you. So they do all the work up front, have somebody local that they know, that they respect, that they um, recognize as someone who could get the deal done and then communicate with the seller that you have that person who's ready to go. Now, I know we have talked um, briefly about some of your first-time homebuyers, uh, part of that millennial generation. What do you say to those folks who say to you, you know, this market is accelerating so quickly, it's unsustainable. I'm simply going to continue to rent until this market cools off. So the, the buy versus rent calculation, right, is, you know, really tricky today because, you know, on one hand, yes, we're all aware the housing market is absolutely nuts and low inventory and you hear more and more about it every day. And of course, you know, depending on what you believe over there, right, like real estate news is like, is like sports news now. Like you, you look up an article and one day you're going to see an article that says market's going to crash you know, start stockpiling weapons. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> on the other side, you're going to see, you know, Zillow expects uh, housing prices to go up 50% by the end of 22. And it's absolutely crazy. Um, I don't anticipate any of that. Um, but of course, yeah, we're in a low inventory environment. It's really hard. And then you weigh that against the prospect of renting today. And we have maybe even more data to suggest that the rent inflation 
is ridiculous right now. It's not just COVID bounce back, right? A lot of, over the last couple of years, right? A lot of people in Boston in particular, right? Along, around the student market, people got these sort of COVID friendly deals, right? Where uh, the rent came down, maybe there were lower barriers to entry. You know, they weren't paying broker's fees, for example. Landlords were more flexible on deposits. Um, once everybody got called back into, you know, BU, for example, is a great, you know, they're the biggest landlord in Boston, practically. Uh, once they start saying, we're going to go full, you know, er there is no more online learning. Everybody's in person. Um, the effect that had on the rental market in Boston is really crazy. And it's, and it's still sort of exploding before our eyes. Um, not only is all the leverage gone, you know, on the deposits and everything, but, you know, rents are still going up higher than they've really ever been. Um, so there's a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, either way is a little tough right now. I think the way to weigh it for someone who's considering it in their own situation, um, a lot of people would say weigh it against unrecoverable costs, right? So over here, obviously, the unrecoverable cost is rent. You're never going to get that back. Um, whereas when you're buying a home, you're looking at your mortgage payment, you are saying, okay, certain amount of this is equity. You know, certain amount of this is interest. We have rates going up. Certain amount is, you know, insurance, taxes, all that. You really want to weigh those, you know, interest costs, um, taxes, insurance, also with the expense ratio of owning a home against the amount of rent. If you really want to do it just purely by the book, um, by the spreadsheet, that's the way to look at it. Of course, there's a lot of other factors too it comes to you know location renting you might have a more flexible location a more desirable area all that stuff so it's a tough dynamic and it really comes down to you know each individual situation and you know it's it's easy to look 12 months ago and say what did it cost me by waiting this 12 months and is it going to have the same effect 12 months from now yeah. um, it's interesting when people talk about the fact that this market's going to bottom out. And, you know, we were talking about that uh, before yeah. we started is, you know, basic economics. It's how we have buyers, we have a tremendous amount of buyers. So what about the sellers? How do we, how do we make the sellers comfortable selling? Because I've talked to a lot of people who say, I would love to sell right now. I would absolutely love to sell right now, but where do I go? Yeah. And that is where that whole buyer strategy just repeats itself, right? Because you have to, uh, first of all, you got to get top dollar at a minimum. You know, you cannot sacrifice a single dollar on top when you're going to go, when you're going to go out shopping uh, for your next home. But yeah, you know, navigating that and saying, listen, we have to have all those early buyer conversations like right away, because when you have an offer accepted, um, you're going to look at the timeline and it's going to feel very short, no matter how it is, you know, how long it is. Um, you're going to be up against it and you're going to have an extra incentive to, to be aggressive. So sort of those same conversations that we're having with first time home buyers, I'm repeating those on the seller side, you know, and then like you were saying, it does begin with, you know, we have to absolutely maximize the value of their current home. Um, so that means blowing out marketing and, you know, it's not even just professional photography anymore. Right. I mean, my thing now is listing videos, you know, uh, the way the market moves, they really help, uh, you know, any sort of media marketing we can do because uh, we at a minimum need to ensure that 
Um, you're getting top dollar and you're getting a buyer, ideally that is a little bit flexible on their own move in. And flexibility on the buyer side is so very important. What do you think about the sellers putting their house out with a contingency for them being able to find suitable housing? Do you think that's an opportunity to loosen this inventory? Yeah, and I think the buyers are uh, willing to wait for it. You know, I think the buyers are willing to be flexible because they're really in the same market, in the same situation. A lot of the times today, when the sellers are putting something on, there is some sort of external motivating factor for them getting it on the market. There's a reason for their move. You know, the way the market is now, because you know, admittedly, I have a lot of clients who are like, listen, I'd love to sell the house. I have no idea where the hell I'd go. And I don't have a great answer for it, right? I, you know, it, what's my answer? Turn around and yeah, you're going to have to way overpay for something, but it's no big deal. What kind of an advisor would I be in that case, right? So yeah, a lot of the times they have some sort of, um, you know, external motivating factor to, to getting on the market. And then um, the dynamic of the market is, yeah, I think that the buyers are willing to wait and work with them a little bit. Um, you know, they may have to take a little bit off the top to do that. Um, but, you know, in, in the end, if that's what gets it done. What do you say to the seller who says, I see what's going on. There's no, there's no inventory. All I have to do is throw it out there and I'm going to get way over asking. And they say, why do I need a real estate agent? Some people um, don't fully understand the value proposition of the real estate agent. They look at the market and they say, I can do this myself. Um, but what they probably don't see is um, the importance of the first impressions and the instilling of confidence in the buyer that's going to get them, you know, ultimately we pay for ourselves because we put so much confidence into the market. We show off the property and it's absolute best light. We know all the steps, right? Ideally, you talk to me way before you list the home because we're going to be talking about, you know, resale, whatever you're doing to, uh, you know, get the property ready for sale. I'm going to be involved there. And we're going to go through those steps through the very end. Um, so the value proposition really for the real estate agent comes long before it even hits MLS, right? Because there's a certain amount of uh, preparation in, in going through those steps that uh, that's really a big part of the value proposition. And then what I do really today is an, you know, an additional focus on uh, media marketing, right? Media marketing, we do uh, big local exposure. I'm sending out, you know, just listed brochures, right? So sure, yeah, the biggest thing is, of course, like putting it out in the MLS. Obviously, everybody's going to see this stuff. I, I understand that. But we are going to pay for ourselves just by marketing uh, the way we do. So that's the real estate agent community as a whole. How about Craig Power? Why? Yeah. Why would a seller choose Craig Power to list their house? I think uh, probably the things that I am doing differently today. And listen, there's a million. What, what is good is we have a lot of really good real estate agents around here. I love working with them. You've had a couple on the podcast recently. Um, but I would say, you know, I'm not afraid of going against convention and doing something different. Um, I mentioned the media marketing, so I'm doing listing videos for all of our listings now. Uh, some of these are self-produced. I own a drone. It's sort of my own new thing. I even do some of my own photography. I'm not as good as a real professional photographer, but, um, you know, as part of like my value proposition, a lot of it is media marketing, um, unique, uniquely sort of qualified to, to put some of these listing presentations together. One of the great things about video that I've found 
is listen, people come through an open house Saturday, Sunday. They're, you know, there it's open a couple hours. It's an absolute whirlwind for the buyers. And they're sitting at home Sunday night being like, you know, I, I'm about to make an offer on the biggest investment I'll ever make. And I don't even remember that much about it. Boom, we hit them with the video. Email blast to everybody who comes through. And that's their second look that is going to really give them the confidence to make a strong offer. I didn't even start the video marketing with that intention. It really was intended to get people in the door in the first place. Yep. Um, I don't even know, you know, I put up the videos, I run Facebook ads, social media ads, all that stuff. And that's great. And maybe that's a little different. I don't know that it's really getting people in the door, but I am seeing a return on, uh, you know, when people see the video Sunday evening before the offer deadline, that pushes them over the edge, right? And they look at that and say, you know, this is special. Look at this. Uh, this is like a, a special home. They get that feeling. We present it in this really unique light that definitely not everybody's doing today. Um, and, and that's been a great value add for my business. So when you get those multiple offers and you put them into the spreadsheet, how do you help your client decide which is the best offer? You have to understand what your own client's touch points are too, right? What are they afraid of? You know, are they afraid of the property not appraising, right? If you have, you know, two different offers, right? One's like 25% down, you know, covering appraisal and the other one's this, you know, other type of loan, you know, it's like three and a half, five 5% down. It's way over, you know, some, some loan products, right? They might be um, a different approach to the appraisal too. They might be um, income approach as opposed to, you know, sales approach um, to the appraisal. So like, that's a good example of something that, you know, maybe they have this fear that the property is not going to appraise. Uh, some people have older homes and they're just like, listen, I know uh, the inspection is going to turn up a million things here. And, you know, ultimately if people want to waive their inspection, uh, that's within their right. And that's their decision. Um, and that, if that's a touch point for your client, you know, absolutely. You want to pull that out of the market. Um, that might even incline you to price it a little bit lower too. So, you know, you're getting more offers, more competition in that first weekend, um, if that's a concern of the client. So just knowing your own client, their own concerns, I mean, really, you know, you're there to serve them and uh, whatever, um, you know, key points that they're concerned about going through the process, you, you find that out pretty early um, and you re revisit them when you're reviewing offers for sure. So let me ask you this. So how are you finding clients? Yeah, the way I have found clients, um, you know, I never worked at one of the big real estate brokerages. I never got any sort of formal training or formal mentorship in real estate. Um, a lot of my career has been trial and error. And as far as finding clients, just trying new things and finding what works. Um, my thing today is actually YouTube videos, right? YouTube videos, social media videos. Um, a lot of it is just informational. I talk about personal finance, right? Not a lot of real estate people out there talking about, um, you know, student debt and, you know, credit card debt and what to do with, you know, so I, I felt like that was sort of a unique avenue for me. Um, so I have a YouTube channel, Power Realty Advisors. Um, I also put the same stuff up on Facebook, Instagram, and that's really um, the only marketing that I do. Um, that, that's really it. It's just video marketing and, um, you know, with an emphasis on, personal finance, you know, money, you know, listing videos, all that stuff. It's been really so how owning a home fits into your overall financial package. 
Yeah, that's a perfect example, right? The hidden costs of home ownership is, is a topic I'm, I'm touching on a lot. You know, people being house poor, right? That's something I'm talking about with people. That plays into the buy versus rent dynamic as well, um, which is, you know, constantly being covered. And what's great about the video marketing is, you know, people can go back to it. And you know this well. I mean, I told you, your, your videos have been such a resource to me just in my business. Um, and what's cool about, you know, one thing I admire about your videos is, you know, you're, you're giving away this legal advice for, for free, right? As a resource, when let's be honest, like a lot of people in your field, people might have to walk in and pay 350 bucks an hour to get this advice you're giving away for free. I think that's amazing. And so my model is essentially, you know, it's really similar where, you know, I'm here to be a resource. When you have a question, ultimately, I just want to be your real estate guy for life, right? I'm not in it for the next deal. I'm not in it for a quick buck. It's a lofty goal, but I want to be your real estate guy for life because I want to be there. You know, it doesn't matter if you're buying or selling, right? If you see some investment opportunity or you're thinking about, uh, you know, doing work on your house and you're concerned about the resale value, right? You have no intent to, to sell. You just want the advice of a market expert. I want you to text me. You know, I want to be, that is the resource that I see myself as. And you just give. The idea is just to give and give and be a resource and, you know, assume the deals will be there. The money will be there in the end. Um, my model is really, you know, following that and, 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 you know, opening myself up to my community. I love that. That's, that's the Brian Buffini abundance mindset, right? It's uh, give it out in slices and it comes back in loaves. And that's, it's so true, you know, to be a resource community person that can help make people's lives easier. People are going to remember that. So you mentioned goals. Do you have some 2022 goals that you're willing to share? I have, I have, it's weird. I have a, a rolling list of like too many goals where it, it's, it's hard to really zone in on one, right? It'll be, you know, run a marathon here and you got to do this and you got to do that, which is exciting. Um, I have some, you know, sort of professional just for fun goals. I want to sell a house on Jerusalem road. That's a big thing in Cohasset. I, for some reason, since I've been younger, always sort of idolized that area. And, you know, as my, uh, my qualifications in, in real estate just, you know, continue to elevate, that's a big one that's out there for me. I want to get there soon. Um, I have goals to be a professional landlord too. I have goals to uh, own you know, 10 units. That's sort of the, the uh, I think maybe on the, the more modest side of, of uh, goals as a, as a landlord. But um, ultimately, I think, most of my professional goals for 2022 are related to that video content, you know, relating to personal finance. I want to get so many videos out here. And um, again, it's, it's just about sort of putting it out there and, and seeing what happens. And, you know, you can feel a little vulnerable putting that stuff out there, but um, ultimately, you know, you just want to show people who you are. And, and I think probably my biggest goal right now is just committing to that uh, and, and getting that information out there. Make sure that they know you, love you, trust you. Let me ask you this. You mentioned investment property. Are you seeing any opportunities out there for real estate investing? I am seeing some opportunities out there. Um, I think probably the thing hanging over multifamily investors right now 
would be the interest rates going up, right? Especially on second homes uh, and investment properties, right? Where, you know, these costs are being passed on to the consumers. Um, a lot of for like, I think it's for the Fannie Mae and, you know, Freddie Mac, the, the regulated uh, loans there, you know, two, two to four units or whatever. Um, I think, you know, my hope is over the next month, month and a half, we actually have a pretty busy you know, market and multifamily sales, uh, you know, I haven't seen much evidence of it, as, as you can probably tell. But, you know, my thought was it might be a good time for people uh, who are looking to cash out to sell um, before those rates go up. Um, like I said, they're going to go up even higher in that sector. So you're right. Right. So what type of assets are you looking to buy? Uh, I would probably just start in individual condos. I think a lot of investor owners are, and now I just bought a home in Marshfield. I don't see myself making any giant purchases soon, but um, you know we're still getting settled over here, and uh, you know I, I I have a few things to fix in the garage, which I found out. So, um, <laughs> but the you know a lot of investors shy away from condos, um, where I have always seen it as like a pretty nice. You know, a lot of people are afraid of the. HOA, the, the trustees stepping in and, you know, maybe ruling out something like short-term rentals. Of course, those have gotten crushed everywhere, whether it's Boston or even here in Marshfield. Um, a lot of people are afraid of the HOA stepping in and sort of, you know, making rules for the investor. And I get it. It's, it's a, you know, it's a real concern. Um, but if you are in the position of, you know, I was in property management for a while and in any of those buildings, um, I would have said, these are great, you know, investments because, you really know what to expect from the board. Um, you know, sort of the way everybody's thinking and you, there's actually pretty good value there. It's also nice that you have like the condo property manager bailing you out for a lot of your problems. Um, you pay the same as everybody else there, even as an investor. Uh, and then, you know, the, it's a lot easier to budget those as well because you have the condo fee built in. So. That's an interesting uh, point that you bring out. It's like you have built-in property management. You're paying for it, but you're going to pay for it regardless. Anyhow, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Let me ask you this. So <clears throat> buyer, seller, working with Craig, amazing experience. They're sitting down at their computer and they're going to write out a testimonial. What does that testimonial sound like? Um, I would think it sounds like you know, I was really concerned going into this process. And then from our first conversation, I understood that uh, he really has a grasp of, you know, he, he anticipates our problems. He's a steady hand through the process the whole way through and even did some really surprising uh, things for us along the way, you know, where um, we found ourselves saying, I actually didn't know the real estate broker did that. You know, I didn't know that was one of their responsibilities because um, really who's to say, you know, I mean, this is a job with really, you know, there's a lot of autonomy here and uh, there's a million different ways to do the job. So uh, I think, you know, ultimately my top reviews would say, you know, I exceeded expectations and, and, and that's the goal every time. That's the goal every time. I talk to a lot of, you know, it's interesting that you say that because legally, contractually, the commission is earned when the buyer and the seller sign a contract. Everything else is customer service. So how, do, how you separate yourself uh, and why people would choose you is so, so very important. Now, one of the questions I like to ask too, uh, Craig, is, you know, I appreciate you putting yourself out there with video, you know, expanding the comfort zone, joining this uh, podcast. Another way of expanding your comfort zone that we love is karaoke. 
And what we're hoping to do is get everybody together, the guests that we've had on this show and network, right? A good networking opportunity with other like-minded professionals. Uh, and karaoke is going to be on the menu. So Craig, you're up next on the microphone. What are you singing? Mark, it's, it's got to be Careless Whisper by George Michael. It's, it's the only way. Just get wow. break, out the, break out the invisible saxophone and let's roll. Oh, wow. I love it. That one, I'm going to keep that on the list and make sure we hold you to it. Maybe maybe <laughs> a little uh, venture over to the Ming earlier than the event too, to hear that song. I've heard that done. That's been covered too, right? Did uh, one of the, some hard rocker covered that and it was a really interesting uh, version. There's a band I love that I see, I've seen cover it in person, uh, My Morning Jacket. They're like my, one of my favorite bands, but they did a, a pretty interesting rendition where it involved them throwing you know bananas into the crowd and stuff. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. All right. The most important question of them all is if somebody were to want to work with Craig Power, how would they get in touch with you? I can be found at Craig at PowerRealtyBoston.com by email. You can find me on YouTube, the Power Realty Advisors YouTube channel. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Power Realty Advisors. Same thing on Facebook and then our website, PowerRealtyBoston.com. Uh, or you can just call me at 617-750-1205, you know, text me. And as I said, my thing is I like to be, I, I am so available, right? I'm here to be a resource. so. Uh, use me. There is no expectation of, of money, right? I don't care if you're buying, selling. Uh, by all means, reach out. And and I just love to you know meet new people around here, network. I really enjoy it. And to be a resource, I love that. Craig, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. it. All right. Be well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week, and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.